the Diocese of Springfield, Illinois, this is Dive Deep, where we dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Amber Servany, and if this is the first time you're joining us, we have uh, kicked Andrew out temporarily, don't worry. Um, and we are doing an all-female takeover of Dive Deep. And so joining me here today is Katie Price with the Director of Parish Vitality and Mission Advancement and Sister Veritas Wilkes, Director of Youth Ministry and Women's Ministry. And we have been taking the last few weeks to dive deep, get it, into our... <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is good. I had that planned. <laughs> dive deep into our fears. <laughs> I forgot he's going to do that, actually. Me too. Um, so yeah, the, that time took me by surprise. Yeah, me too. That was authentic fear face. Yeah. Um, so week one, we talked about our fear of pain. Week two, we talked about our fear of regret. And today, we're going to talk about our fear of failure, which I just think is one that really resonates with, with everyone. But before we move into our fear of failure, we have to go back and hear about the challenge. So for those of you who uh, missed last week or even the week before, we have been offering a challenge every single week um, to help us overcome our fears. Because in order to overcome our fears, we've got to actually do something. It's, it's, an, it's an act. Um, so week two's challenge was to look at a relationship where we maybe uh, regretted what happened and see if we can find healing um, and peace in, in that place. Uh, Katie, you want to start and tell us how the challenge went for well, you? I regretted doing this challenge. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, never. No, I think, so I, last week I talked about a um, relationship, a friendship that I had that, that kind of faltered and um, I prayed about, I, I entertained the idea of, you know, if I have regrets from that relationship, I might not be ready to entertain a conversation with that person, but I can definitely pray for that person because it both, it equally affected both of us. And I think that that's a good way to start with prayer. You know, I will tell you that I have many regrets and stumbling blocks as a mother. I am a mom of, of three young kids, just for our listeners, um, under six and they, and two of which are two years old. So it's a chaotic household most days, um, <laughs> especially in the evening when we're all tired. And um, my daughter, who is seven and just exactly like me in so many different ways, um, I, I do have bubbling up regrets of like, oh, I shouldn't have approached that conversation that way. And I shouldn't have said it that way. And because you see yourself in front of you and you're like, oh, man, I know how I would take it. And I'd take that as mom was really mean, you know, what a monster. You know, so last week in particular, <laughs> uh, there's an instance in which um, you just get quick, right, in a, a relationship with somebody and you get quick quick to kind of be like, okay, why don't you do X, Y, and Z? And so we were coming home and I was carrying a lot because I always have a lot of stuff with me. And I got really frustrated with her and kind of yelled at her a bit, uh, probably a little bit more heated than I needed to be because I just had the load of my day projected on her and, uh, you know, coming in, setting our stuff down and then stuff just went everywhere. And then I just kind of reamed her out a bit and you know, I had this expectation of like, you know, you're the big sister. You got to be more responsible. Where's your responsibility? And here's this like little seven-year-old going, I don't even know how to spell the word <laughs> responsibility. And <laughs> I mean, held to the standard of like, you know, meet that standard. And 
you know, in the moment I wasn't able to actually adjust myself because I think that you just kind of, you know, obviously there was a lot of stress going on in that moment. Um, but later in the evening as I'm tucking her in, you know, I had to go back and address it. And I think that's important as a parent or of anybody that you're kind of a parental role for, um, is being able to acknowledge when you did something that was wrong and acknowledge that maybe what you did was approach it in the wrong way or something you said was hurtful to them. It's important for us to do that with our kids, right? We don't have it all figured out and we do mess up and they are watching us and they're learning from us. And the fact that mom was able to go up before we tuck in at night, before I asked her to say your prayers, I went up and I said, I'm going to pray with you tonight and we're going to do this together. And, and I'm going to pray out loud, even during our prayer, you know, God, I'm sorry that I, I failed a little bit as a mother earlier tonight. And I regret my tone and demeanor with Gracie. So she even saw in that opportunity, that conversation that I had with Jesus, that I was able to come to him and say, I'm sorry. And then I addressed it with her separately and said, I'm sorry. You know, mommy was just really stressed and, you know, this was hard and I regret the way that I acted in that scenario. And just in good old true fashion of my seven-year-old, she's just, okay, mom, I accept. I'm like, well, life would be a lot more interesting and easier if everybody that I had regrets for would just go, okay, mom, I accept and, and we can move through it. But just those little ways, I think that was a, that's a big thing for me is to be able to like, even as, you know, in my parental role to be able to acknowledge, I regret my behavior that I had and I don't, and I, and I needed to, to be in that moment with her to pray and then have that be a learning opportunity for our faith together. So that was big. Yeah. That's a big one for me. Our last children week. just children are just so beautiful and accepting of mistakes oh, yeah. and yeah. apologies so and just matter of fact, like, okay. They mm-hmm. really it seems like they release it so much faster than we mm-hmm. do. And we want to hang on to it, right? For some yeah. for probably a lot of reasons. And they're so willing and able to let go. Yeah. Maybe maybe their synapses synopsis. Snaps, snaps in their brain. Synapses. Snaps in their brain, right? <laughs> is it? What is the plural of We synapse? should have looked it up before should we started. We, should, we, should we Google MD it? <laughs> I'm going I'm to yeah. flip it back to Amber okay, now. That, I, trust like me, I will when we're done. <laughs> of, of this one. But yeah. Just, just want to say for all of our listeners who maybe just tuned in for the first time, that was a stream of jokes hearkening back to the previous two episodes which you might want to check out to make sense of what we just said yeah not a bad idea did you like that plug not a bad idea that's where I was going how was my radio voice on that I liked it thank you it's very good um so Katie that when you when you were talking what um struck me and then I'll tell you how that kind of what brought to my thoughts that I had after we um had our challenge was that um it's oftentimes people who are actually just closest to us right so when I when I think about the episode and like our challenge was like a past you know a hurt relationship I struggled to go there, but what I realized is how you sometimes get there is by how we treat the relationships that we're in right now, the, our current relationships. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm a very um, task-oriented person, so I'm like, on Saturday, clean my house, do my laundry, like check, 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 and and sometimes then people become second to my tasks, and I feel like we never really regret the time we spend with people. Um, and how when we think about trying to avoid regret, I wanted to make sure I took my moments this week and thought, you know what, if, if I don't get my house vacuumed, it's okay because I'm not going to regret the time I spent with, for example, my grandfather who lives a couple you know, houses down from me and like to pop in. It's like I don't, I don't regret that time. Um, so that's kind of how I spent my challenge. Like don't 
get caught up in the unimportant and create the regrets, but embrace the relationships we have now because really the people who are closest to us are the ones we really need to, to nourish. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Sister? Sister, yeah. First How do you of do all, on this challenge? Amber, do you vacuum your house every Saturday? Yeah, do you do that? I do. That's really every impressive. Every Saturday? Sometimes you- Friday. No, sometimes Friday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but every week. Crazy. Well, every I'm week. impressed because, you know, in the convent, we do that. We, like, clean everything every week, and every year we spring clean. And But, you know, it's very convent-y. Also, we're a German community, so it's very German. And So lay people are often very fascinated by how clean our house is and how regularly we do our duties and responsibilities. You know, like, it's somebody's job to vacuum, it's somebody's job to clean the bathroom, it's somebody's job, blah, 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 blah. I would like to get a few more people to help me clean. That would be nice. I would love Somebody that else to idea. come in and clean my bathrooms? Oof, that'd be great. That would be a great idea. Yeah, I like that. That would be great. Do you get to pick your job? <laughs> like, do you, do you... It depends on the local community and the size of it. And so in our convent in Springfield, St. Michael Convent, is fairly new, as you ladies know. Mm-hmm. We just moved here in August and officially had our comment open and blessed in September. So that was a unique experience for me. I've only been a professed religious sister for five years now. And this is only the second place I've lived. So for me, it was a very new experience, first of all, to be transferred as a sister, but also to open a new convent. So we started from scratch. You know, sometimes you get transferred and you come to a convent and they already have duties established and a schedule order of the day we call it established and all these things and you just kind of slide in but we had nothing we're like okay where do we go to church what time is it what time what do we wake vacuum? up what kind, what kind of, of vacuum do I and, use and yeah and so you might have been you might have just done like a trade with another sister and you just might step into her responsibilities or local superiors might do it differently like you have the same duties every year, so you get really good at them, or you switch it up every year, so you know what everyone else is going through. Anyway, we kind of, there's three of us, so we just sat down and figured it out together. Like, how much time does that take? What other, what all responsibilities do we have? And I love talking about vacuums and your cleaning schedule, but how did you do on the challenge, sister? <laughs> <laughs> is this avoidance no, of, I just, of your regret no, challenge? It's just, you? I was just commenting on Amber. I just wanted to comment on her convent uh, level okay, superior this cleaning. Thing. I'm afraid my mother's going to listen. She's going to be like, listen, her, my, my house is not even half as clean as my mother's house. I'm afraid she's going to listen and be like, let me tell you, her house is not always clean. So let's just set it clear right now. I do vacuum on either Friday or Saturday. My house is not always clean. There's that. Okay, my mom's listening. Keep your mom's listening. My mom is definitely listening. No, we know definitely your mom is listening. She is a top fan of the Diocese of Springfield in Shout Illinois. Out. So no, I wasn't trying to avoid the topic. I just was ma- trying to make a little comment. And you guys asked so many questions of, then about religious life, which You're, does tend it, to happen. It, it's fascinating. Religious life is fascinating. fascinating. Yeah. And the listeners probably, and watchers, were probably also interested. They probably are wondering all sorts of things right now about my life. But we'll have to have a separate podcast for that, I think. Yeah. Maybe that'll come soon. But my challenge... I think it's cool because we each took the challenge like in three different ways. So in our last episode, is this called an episode? That's what I've been, have okay. I been calling it that? An I episode. Think I, I think I've been calling it that. In the last episode of this show, I had already, before, before we did that, I had already been thinking about, I'm sorry, I'm really distracted right now. Uh, I had already been thinking about just this, um, somebody who I lived with many years ago was coming to mind. And it, it just in the week before we recorded, I was like, why 
God, why am I thinking of all these things? But it was somebody who I think a lot of women can relate to this of who looking back, I would say we did not have a very healthy friendship, very healthy relationship, you know. And it was just one of those people, you know, you have those people in your life where you just like do everything you can to earn their love and to stay close with them. But at the same time, you know that they're not they're not really good for you. They're not making you a better person or making you feel better. So you're kind of like caught in this in this unhealthy friendship. So that was a part of my life, moved on, entered the convent. So now recently I've been thinking just like different memories of the t- times, experiences with this other friend. And so that had been on my mind and I wasn't sure why. And then when you presented the challenge, I just knew right away, like that's a relationship that I need to go back to that needs some healing. So I just spent some time in prayer in the past week, you know, bringing those memories to the Lord and just like, like maybe I never really talked to him about this. You know, so like, just like, Jesus, I don't know why this is coming to mind, but this is what I'm remembering, A, B, and C, and this is what I remember about it. This is how it made me feel, and this is why I regret it, and I want you to show me the truth about myself in that situation and where you were, and show me what you want to do with this and what good you want to bring out of it. Nice. I won't go into all the oh, details. Okay. I actually he, thought she was going to for a second there, but I guess that's okay. That no, was, I mean, he time. did. She backed away. <laughs> he definitely did show me that he Great. was there well, okay. and there yeah. was, you know, some healing. But yeah. Um, so what's um, interesting that we kind of had talked about this, that um, the fear of regret was looking in the past, right? Things that, and today what we're going to talk about is the fear of failure, which is really more future, right? We, we don't do something because we're afraid of what, will or will not happen Mm -hmm. and or what that says about us right um but i thought we might start uh with this because i think one maybe the biggest part of failure is is redefining what failure is which i think we're going to look at but i think a good way to start um by redefining failure is to look at um hashtag funny fails (laughs) Because, right, we have these moments in life that are total failures, but when you look back, oftentimes they're very humorous, right? Sister, please tell me you have a funny fail. Oh my gosh, we all have a million funny fails, don't we? And it's just a thing, like, walk around the world and you just hear people, fail, fail, fail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you want me to tell one? I do. Is that what's happening here? Yeah. Okay, here's the first one I always think of for times like this. This is my story I keep in my pocket. Okay, so I'm a freshman in high school, and I'm on JV soccer. Okay, are you with me so far? Yes, JV soccer. I know, Katie, we're talking about sports, oh, yeah. and it's not your I'm favorite. There. Okay. I'm, well, now I'm thinking, of, like, are you midfield? Are you forward? Are you... I was sat on the bench. <laughs> I was in the bench position. The season's just starting. Actually, yeah. I don't... My later memories of this season will remind me that we actually didn't have any subs on our team, and so we just moved around a lot and played every position and totally were terrible, but we were in really good shape. That was the year of my life I ran my fastest mile ever because of soccer. Soccer, yeah. solid memory right midfield, ooh, best shape of my life. But that's not the fail part. Okay. It's like the first week of practice, and our soccer field shares a boundary line with the football practice field. And they would leave out, like, their pads, you know, like, their practice tackling. You know, one guy holds this huge, whatever, punching bag type thing, and the other guy runs into it, and they call it practice. 
That's pretty fun, right? Yeah. So they left these we got, all. We, know, we have no idea. But that's all right. No, I we're good. Well, you well, know, we know what you're talking about. We don't have the language, you, whatever it is. I don't sure. know technically. Well, I clearly don't have the language either. image. Okay, so these big, whatever they're called, pads, practice tackling things are laying on the ground, a series of them, and we're running our warm-up laps at the beginning of practice. And the girl in the front was like, all right, everybody, we're going to hurdle these. So everyone in front of me is jumping over them. There's like four in a row. Oh, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> it was a good idea until it got to me at the end of the line. I'm like the slowest person in the world <laughs> on the team. And I get to the first one, I jump over it, and I totally biff it and land flat on my face. And was the entire boys' football team there as well, and they noticed it all? Or were you by yourself? I don't think they were out there yet. They weren't out there yet, yeah, but all but of your still. team saw it? Well, I was at the end of the line, so I, don't, I actually can't clearly remember <laughs> who saw or knew, but I knew. God knew. Coach! I mean, do you, do you laugh in those situations? I can't help it. I was saying my friend makes fun of me. When that kind of stuff happens, <laughs> I laugh. Yes. Like, I'm not trying to, like, be mean, but I see it. and Oh, I you think laugh at the other person. Yes, not to be mean. But I, cause I can't help it. Like, I just think it's super funny. And I know that person could be hurt and that's, that's upsetting, but I can't help it. I just laugh. It's super funny to me. Yeah, it, it happens all the time in my world because I don't know where Johnny got the moves, but my son Johnny, who's two, has taken on to like this wrestling motif in our like excitement and things lately. And so my husband was sitting on the couch just so calmly, just relaxing. And then my two year old comes over and he's like, oh, bam! And he like <laughs> elbows him right. <laughs> the head and it is really funny it is quite entertaining <laughs> to watch this little two-year-old be a wwe wrestling person and i've never seen wwe stuff in my life so i have no idea but it i would imagine this is what it would look like is is my son john is is taking the lead and and striking dad out but i do i agree i think it is kind of funny yeah. and i think it's you know maybe we deflect that a bit because when we think and maybe this is a transition here is a little bit of like the whole failure concept no. too of no, failure isn't funny. No, it's yeah. not a transition because you didn't share you your didn't fail share yet. Your fail. Oh, my funny fail? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I don't fail. <laughs> Shoot. I had so many. I, had, I struggled to like narrow it down. So, I have so many. That's not true. Funny. I just have to think about it more because it's, I do. I find myself that when something silly does happen to me and I am really embarrassed by it, I, I typically, I laugh. I deflect any pain that would have ensued. So, yeah. like during the months of, I would say December, January, February, probably more when I lived in Chicago because it would start snowing in like November, October, and there'd be ice everywhere. When we talk about like the fear of failure, I know I am the worst walker, walker on ice ever. I cannot walk on ice. I can't walk on snow. I can't walk on ice. I can't walk on the slush. I can't walk on anything. So it gets to be snow time, and, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to walk anywhere. And you can imagine, like, when I lived in Chicago, it was very difficult to do because you always walked everywhere when you live in Chicago. And so I would, like, specifically try to find – I would go around where awnings of buildings were and then get in the dry spot and then kind of go, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I go, like, super, super slow. And then I get in a dry spot and walk normally. And then I would, yeah, go back and forth just because I slip and fall on ice in front of people all the time. All the time. All the time. And it's very, it's very embarrassing. And you, but you would laugh find at that her. funny. You would. She I would, would laugh. I'm sorry. It's not because I'm trying to be mean, but I would see that and I would laugh. You, okay, so here's the other thing that's kind of funny. Have you ever gotten in one of those chairs and it's the office chair and it goes back and forth, back and forth, and it, it but it goes, it's like got a lot of leverage back. I'm one of those people, my legs will flip over and I will fall backwards in said chair. 
And even when it doesn't actually happen, but I feel like it's going to happen, I do that like jolt of like, ooh, you know, it's, oh. Yeah, I've definitely fallen out of my chair a few oh, times boy. in the office, but nobody, yeah. nobody's seen, but I can't. Oh yeah, those chairs. The, it's when you're some... short. It's when you're short. You, you lean to the front, so then your weight comes to the front of the chair and it flips out from behind you. <laughs> That's what happens. It does. It happens all the time. Poor, poor sister's like, what is wrong with you people not knowing how to sit in a chair and walk? Mental note. <laughs> Ask Amber about the time she fell out of her chair. Slash go test her chair out to see if it actually makes yeah. sense or not. Okay. But, yeah. I just have to ask a question, though. Do you laugh when these things happen to you? Yes, I do. I can mm-hmm. actually even remember a time for sure. And my friend's like, aren't you? I was bleeding. I fell. I tripped and fell. And I was bleeding. And I was laughing hysterically. Because, I mean, it's just like, you know, you just recognize in that moment, it's like that you had a total fail, you know? I don't laugh. Happens. I'm like totally mortified. I get up as fast as I can yeah. and act as fast as I can like nothing happened. I... It's not even like I'm thinking through that process. It's just what my body does naturally. <laughs> okay, so now this makes me wonder for both of you, have you gone throughout your life with other bigger failures in a different way? Like what's been your perspective of your, fail- your like life failures? I wonder if it's different. Well, I definitely don't laugh at my major fails, that's for sure. <laughs> but like, actually, I was talking about this. It's like one of those things how it, it is, it's, per, it's perspective, it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes, in that moment, I've definitely have, I've had some fails where in that moment, it's painful, right? The outcome is not what I had hoped and or wanted. And then given, given time, space, perspective, um, you can be like, well, that was, that's kind of funny. It's kind of funny it didn't work out that way. You know, it, it's, it's just, it's like watching the hand of God. But, you know, down the road, you know, you can kind of see why things happened or how they happened. Um, I mean, not always. That's not always the case. But sometimes, definitely. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think as I'm getting older, that's not that I'm super old. But I am older than I look. (laughs) (laughs) No, as I'm getting older, I think that's something that I'm learning better is to see. Because as you get older, you have more experiences to look back on and to understand the the funniness of the way they turned out, the mm-hmm. funniness of the situation, but also then back to the Bible verse I talked about last week, Romans eight twenty eight. you know, God brings good out of all things. So to be able to look back and see, oh, that, I was totally mortified in that moment or in that time of my life, but this is this amazing, beautiful thing that came out of it. So the more experiences I have like that, the more that I can encounter failure and not be afraid of failure like that, but I still think it's a, my natural, that's like a supernatural gift of faith to be able to view your life that way. And my, but my natural instinct that I'm still slowly, you know, throughout my life learning to overcome is that instinct to get up, shake it off, and go, move forward as fast as possible, minimize the amount of people who know you failed, and minimize how much you have to talk about it because I don't want anyone to know that I failed or that I'm not good <laughs> at something or whatever. And I can see that, you know, still as something that I have to actually consciously work to overcome because it's okay to fail and in fact it is good right for sure it is there's definitely um well there's value I guess in failure but I think it kind of goes back to redefining I think what we think is failure and what's actually failure is really different Mm -hmm. And, and it goes actually you're right it goes back to your your bible verse right first of all that God can make good of anything so you you have a you know when we take when we detach sin to failure Okay, God can make good of that. You can you can turn that around, right? We we have the grace of confession, um, and those opportunities to become better. So that that kind of failure um, aside, but I think when you look at um, 
you know, the other, the other kind of failure, not a sin, but like where you had an expectation and did not meet said expectation, that that may feel like a failure, but it's not, but it may have nothing to do with actually failing. It mm-hmm. may be God's like, you know what? Um, I had, I had a whole different plan for you. I was actually sharing with my sister when we were talking about this and I was going to share, I had a really funny, I have a, I have lots of funny fails, but this one was, <laughs> it's only funny in hindsight, but the short story is that I had an interview for a job and I was in, I lived in central time. The interview was in Eastern time and I had everything set up according like a schedule, how, when I was going to get there and all these sorts of things happen, I get to East coast. I'm on my phone. So I believe my phone has triggered the time zone, right? Because I'm on it. It's pinging. I'm thinking, yes, it has. Well, you know, long story short, it hadn't. And I'm walking to the, to the interview and I call my mom and I'm like, um, so I don't know, I said something. Oh, it was, such a, it, was, it was a beautiful day. I can, I know distinctly. It was this gorgeous day. And I was telling her how beautiful the day was. She's like, well, how'd your interview go? I'm like, oh, mom, not even had it. She's like, yes, you did. And I was like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> and she's like, Amber, it's, it was like four o'clock. And the interview was at two. So it was three or whatever. Even now it's confusing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I realized that um, I, had, I had missed my interview. And I had, I had actually been praying that's what I had been doing. So I, well, I realized that I run to where I'm supposed to be. I break a toe <gasps> running in my heels because I was, um, it was awful. It was awful. Um, I mean, like, who prays through an interview? Like, no, I just, like, doesn't even happen. And, and I got through the interview, which was awful, obviously. I was dripping sweat. I was in so much pain, and I was mortified. How yeah, you stupid. You all told me not to talk about sweat on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> and here, here it comes. comes. Here we go. She was sweaty yeah. with a broken toe. Um, and I was mortified. I mean, and the pain afterwards was was awful. I mean, there's just no way to sugarcoat it. Now I laugh. Like, who's dumb enough? Who is dumb enough to do that? Like, me, clearly. Um, but sister was saying, yeah, but don't you see how maybe that was God's hand? And it's like, yeah, okay. It's That's painful. It's That's painful, right? Like, it's painful that got, like, you could have just not done well in the interview. <laughs> not me. I prayed through it and then run and drip sweat and like the whole thing. No, because God knew you would have nailed it. Maybe. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a nice way of saying that. That's what I thought I about the whole time. That, the, I like that the road. thought. Um, but I just think it's interesting. Like, yeah, I think it's a total fail. I mean, there's no really good way of saying that. Um, but Oh but God. God makes good, right? Oh, what we know now is that hopefully I ended up working for the church, and that's um, did right, you toe recover? Yeah, oh for sure. Okay. I broke my toes many times. So did you really? Yeah. I think it's time for a different shoe. Um, it's I have weird toes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is so weird. I <laughs> thought of another funny fail. Embarrassment. <laughs> What's your funny fail? Okay, so my dad's birthday is June twenty eighth. Okay, so it's relatively close to Father's Day. And I don't remember which way it went. I'm pretty sure it was his birthday one year. I was making it. I was like a kid. I don't know. I was like maybe 11. Making my dad a cake out of the box. And, you know, going to write happy birthday dad on it. With that, you know, those little icings you can get. It's yeah. like totally mm-hmm. like cheesy, not professional at all. Looks like a little kid did it because she did. And <laughs> I wrote happy Father's Day on it for his birthday. <laughs> Oh. Well, it is a Father's Day. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. You can't undo that. 
You can't. You can eat no. it. <laughs> no. I like these failures, though. I think these are these are those little, like, bumps in the road, you know, types of failures that are like, oh, gosh, you know, like, I really messed that one up. I, I, when you asked earlier, like, okay, well, what are your, you know, failures? And I think that there are many failures that I have had and bumps in the road a lot <laughs> over time. But it is interesting that it's like if we're willing to tackle those failures that we have or the ones that are still in course, right? So you might have like vices, you might have a bad behavior and habit, or you might have this like ongoing, you know, again, bad habit that you just haven't been able, you keep like, you're, you keep struggling. It's like when people talk habit. about, you have a good ah, habit. Ha, Where's the little sound effect? <laughs> Get it? Because I'm wearing a habit. We got a good habit. We got it. <laughs> You've got a lot today. Those are good. Oh, I was really. I don't. I can't make puns like that. I can't. I can't do that. I, I'm not as fast with that. She's been a sister for five years, so she's oh, she's, she's built been, up. Her, she's built up the habit. She ha- <laughs> she's built up the. Oh I think we goodness. just lost a few listeners. <laughs> They're like failure. I'm over here thinking like, what about the big failures in life? You know, the ones that like distract you to, you know distract you from like what God's will is for you, right? So if you ever have dealt with, you know, alcoholism, if you've ever dealt with drug abuse, if you've ever dealt with, again, these bad behaviors that you get and, and you, you typically have them and you continue them because you're not actually dealing with the root of the pain, right? Which is you might think that you're a failure. You might have had somebody in your life influence you and tell you that you're a failure. You might look at past decisions you made and I'm a failure, so I'm just upset with my life or my marriage is crumbling and I'm going to you know, drink my way through it, or I'm going to, is those types of things. And I, I think it's, there's a lot of um, people out there that probably have created bad habits based off of the idea of they are a failure. That's how they right? define themselves. That's right. Yes, we define exactly. ourselves by both our failures and our successes perceived, right? That is yes. definitely mm-hmm. how we do that. Um, not that they're a real failure or that they're a real success, but that's certainly how we measure ourselves, mm-hmm. um, which is where we probably run into a lot of our problems. But yeah, I, yeah, I think so. And I think it's remembering, too, that all of those failures we have along the way, like you guys have both brought out, though, there's still fruits that come from those failures. You still have to meet them. Like you said last time, I think it was like, you got to go through the Good Friday to get to Easter Sunday. Like, you just have to get, get go through it. And so instead of perpetuating this bad behavior or habit, it's like, okay, what's, what's causing that behavior to occur? Like, what is it that I'm not actually tackling? You know, is it the failure of my relationship or my marriage crumbling? Okay, well, then let's tackle it. And how do I tackle it? I'm going to tackle it with accompaniment of Jesus, and I'm going to go find a faith formation program that's going to help our marriage. Or we're going to recommit to going to Mass, or we're going to recommit to going to confession, whatever it might be, so we can actually start tackling it. And then there's that other part of failure that I know we've all talked about, which is the fear of failure stopping you from doing something. So I'm, I have been in bad relationships, so I'm not going to enter into the next mm-hmm. one. Or, ooh, I know that person. I know that type of guy. I'm not going to enter into it. Or instead of looking at that person as an individual, that they have different characteristics. They might look or act or have similar behavior patterns as the other guy previous, but still unique and totally different individual. You know, my fear of you know, being a mom, fear of, I bet you there's a ton of vocation stories out mm-hmm. there of women have, who have that fear of, if I say yes to this, what if I fail? What if I have to discern out? Mm-hmm. So they don't even enter because they're yeah. afraid they're going to have to discern out. And then they see that as a failure. Like, how do we, how do we cope with that? 
Well, so yeah, what struck me, the, the one example that kind of my brain honed in on was with the relationship or when you said like my marriage is struggling, I took it one step further. I think what happens, let's say um, when people are divorced, you, you know, you become, I'm, I'm a divorce, I'm a divorced woman, I'm a divorced man. I, that's who I am. I'm part of your identity. I am that. No. And so um, I think what's critical is, um, so we, we've talked about redefining success, redefining failure. It's like redefining who you are. If you have labeled yourself, I am an alcoholic, I am um, divorced, I am you know, a failure, I am, when you put yourself at that, then you, you, don't, you deny yourself the opportunity to see yourself as God sees you. Mm-hmm. You are a child of God, you are, um, you know, you are a son or daughter. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's the struggle. That's the struggle, the thing that you have to kind of over, overcome, um, redefining who you are. Yeah, and I think in our lives, like you're both touching on is this, um, this sense that we are defining ourselves incorrectly. And then like Katie, you mentioned things like alcoholism and bad relationships. And I think even in, maybe it's not something that drastic, but just uh, the way you react to stress or these different things where you can say, well, that, that was a fail. And that's the way that I fail a lot. We can call them like cycles, you know, or, or patterns. And I think a lot of times we act in the ways we do because of who we think we are. You know, so if you mm-hmm. think I'm a bad person, I'm going to, I'm more likely to do bad things. And if I think I'm a good person, that's just a very like simplified explanation. But so we, we tend to act out of our identity. Well, we should be acting out of our identity actually. Um, But at the same time, we can also think that we are defined. It can go the other way too. We can think we're defined by how successful we are or afraid of failing because then therefore if we fail, that's going to define us as a failure. Mm-hmm. And so when you take both of those together, we do, we want to act out of our identity, but we have to have our identity defined correctly. And so a lot of times, you know, in religious circles, you know, you'll hear a lot of people talking about this acronym RIM, R-I-M, Relationship, Identity, and Mission. So a lot of times we act, and I think we mentioned it on another one of our episodes about trying to earn love or trying to earn you know this success and our identity and so we act 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 hoping that we will in the end have proven ourselves to be a good and lovable and worthy person but really what comes first is our relationship with God the fact that he loves us beyond all measure and created us to love and to be loved by him and then our actions should flow from our understanding of that identity that we have in him so relationship with God flows from our understanding of ourselves as women we are beautiful and beloved first of all daughters of God Mm -hmm. daughters of the father and then we are sisters and then we are mothers Um, and however that's played out in our lives obviously I live that out differently than than you Katie who are married and Amber as a single and we all have a different calling to live that out but we have that deepest identity of ourselves and then from there flows our mission the ways that we act every day in our lives and so yeah sometimes whatever your struggle is whatever your fails are whatever your fears are it can in a certain way all come back to that like do you know who you really are do you know who why God created you if the most basic answer for all of us is to love and be loved isn't that beautiful it is beautiful does that go back to God is cool God I think it is cool. Okay, every, I just have to say, every time we talk about this, we should have a, a, a dive deep women's 
t-shirt and it just says God is cool. cool. <laughs> I think I, I'm getting ideas here, ladies. This is good. I used to work at a summer camp, a Catholic summer camp, and we have these funny little graces that we would sing. And one of them, I don't, I think it got retired pretty early on in my time of working there at this camp, but one of them was called God's Cool. And this is what I keep thinking of every time we talk about how God, how cool God is. And it literally went like this. God's cool. Real cool. He gives us the food that we eat every day. God's cool. Verse two. Take it away, Amber. Amen. All right. That's, that, that was entertaining. For sure. That was good. That was yeah, good. I don't even know Watch where to go Watch out, American Idol. Here comes sister. I could be one of those people who gets famous for being bad. It's Hash, all, it's all hashtag funny fail. Hashtag funny fail all in the world of evangelization. Like, you got my vote. Do you remember that guy who got famous for making up his own song called Pants on the Ground? <laughs> pants on the ground, pants on the ground. Looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. Hat turned back. Like, was that like 2007? Something like Is that, that. I think you're, that's a. Wow. I. Maybe I'm too old to. You did not know this was going to go here. I didn't. I don't know how to. This episode is going to be hashtag funny fail. (laughs) (laughs) Funny fail. That's a good one. I think, you know, but I think what's interesting about this is that we are all looking at it from the perspective of like, okay, but if we're journeying with Jesus, if we're leading by faith, if we're entering into the rim relationship, identity, mission, right? Did did I say that right? You, You nailed it. Nailed it. You know, in light of that, you look back on your failures differently. You have to because you just don't see it as you start searching for the good and you search for the fruits of it. And that's what you you just gain a different perspective. And so then, like, I think of now, I've made a lot of my mess ups, I feel like, in the first half of my life. And as I go into my later half of the life, I'm hoping I learned along the way and I've adapted. But my journey is also very differently because it took all those failures, quote unquote, to get to my relationship with Jesus, right? So that maybe that's a podcast for a different time, but it took a lot of failures, a lot mm-hmm. of failing to get to the point in which I'm, I'm now committed and orienting myself to God. Well, and I, and I would even spend it even a, a little bit differently in that um, if, when we're journeying with Christ um, and, we can, and we redefine our failures, then we have the courage to keep going, right? We're, we're guaranteed, no matter how old we get, we're going to have failures, right? That, that's just going to keep happening, not because, I mean, that's just life, right? Life is just full of that stuff. Um, but when we have it in correct perspective and we know who we are, then we have the courage to be like, I can, I can step out and do, because that's the problem. That, that's what ends up happening, right? We, we, don't, we don't try. We don't attempt. We don't, you know, we don't go in the job interview again. We don't ask the person out. We don't, um, we don't consider the religious life. What, whatever the case might be, we begin to pull back because, um, because we're afraid, right? Um, so, yeah, I just think that gives us an opportunity to, to be courageous. Mm-hmm. Right? And not to make light of, you know, fails that people might be experiencing right now. Obviously, there are some things out there that really need some deep healing in people. Um, but like you said, to remember that Christ is always there. And there's literally, for those of us who want it and want to be in a relationship with Christ, there, there's literally no fail that can keep us from him, which ultimately is really, in one sense, our choices matter, our successes do matter. But in another sense, they don't at all. Like back to this idea of holding two contrary 
opposed ideas mm-hmm. at the same time is we should try to be our best and do good and take care of our families and be virtuous people and all those things. But at the same time, in the light of eternity, all that matters is our relationship with Jesus and getting to heaven to be with him forever. And in that sense, especially with the aid of the sacraments, there is literally no fail that can keep us from Jesus. Which brings me back to my favorite Bible verse this month, Romans 8.28. But this time, can I read a little bit farther? Please do. Okay. I'm going to just read, starting at verse 28 of Romans chapter 8. We know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So that's where our identity comes in. We are called to be conformed to the image of his son. And those he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to this? This is St. Paul speaking, so he's always like, well, what should we say? (laughs) Well, if God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us all things with him? Okay, so I'm going to stop here, because this reminds me of the idea of redefining failure. Like, if we can redefine failure in the light of Christ, like, look at him dying on the cross in the eyes of the world. That was, at the time, even the the disciples couldn't really comprehend. They're like, what, he just failed. Like, hashtag fail, right? The man they had spent years following. And he was supposed to establish Mm -hmm. the kingdom and glorify them. Right. And now they're like watching all their hopes and dreams die right before their eyes, right? And then, well, you know, we had the benefit of knowing what happened three days later. They didn't know that yet. But like Jesus, if we look at Jesus dying dead on the cross and we know that that brings us the resurrection like then we know that failure if we allow it to if we wanted to leads us to great and beautiful things and Jesus not only did he like teach us that but he lived it he showed us how to live it so just remember that even God failed think about that but you have to take uh, it in the yeah. proper so, context, yeah, okay? Right? I like, don't want okay, anybody. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going to get some calls on that one. <laughs> no, we actually... Calls, sister. No. <laughs> God, you know, by world, in, in the worldly definition of success and failure, that would have been considered a failure. But we know that God right. used that to bring about also his greatest victory. Right. And he can do that in each one of us, too. Mm-hmm. So then I'm going to skip ahead here to... We're still in chapter 8, but my what I was saying, my idea of literally nothing is too big of a fail to keep us from Jesus. Is it Christ Jesus who died, who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us? Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then it goes through a bunch of things, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness or peril or sword. And then he goes on in verse 37 to say, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's hard to live out of that, to remember that in all of your failures. And, but it goes back to what you've been saying, Katie, about the practice and practicing your spiritual and your prayer muscles. You just have to remind yourself every day. 
Right. Do you think that brings us to what could be the next challenge? I think it's time for the challenge. I know. Are you ready, Katie? I'm ready. I feel good about this one. Yeah, well, you've been uh, expressing a little bit of fear about our challenges, but... Um, I do. I, I think you've this one's, been a champion. This one's interesting. Champion. This one's interesting in that if we're going to redefine things, we have to correctly define who God sees us as. And so the challenge is to pray with Psalm 139. And, um, and I'll just say that. What, about, what if I just leave it there? Oh. Open up Psalm 139 and pray with that. And then we'll, we'll see where that takes us next time. Can I put in a plug here? For a feminine genius. Yes. So one of our gifts of the feminine genius is a gift of receptivity. And I think that openness to others and that openness to God and the Holy Spirit. So just to come into your prayer time with a full awareness of your ability to be receptive and be receptive to whatever God wants to do in you as you're praying. Challenge accepted. All right. Boom. Good deal. Okay. Well, this has been Dive Deep. And if you'd like to hear more podcasts, head on over to dio.org slash podcasts. And until then, see you next week.